Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson, your host, your guide to alternate dimensions, simulations of realities, universes created by human beings, now gods. Can you handle it? So the other day I had a chance to interview Rick Hernandez of codewithintent.com. So uh, we had an interesting conversation talking about his journey through entrepreneurship, uh, learning the the important life lessons that it takes uh, to start a business, uh, what kind of things he did to get started, and about the the beauty and elegance of coding and and what uh, technology might look like in a few years from now and how computer programming can help you create worlds. So remember his his website, codewithintent.com. Of course, check out our website, theparadiseparadox.com. And uh, remember to follow us and upvote us on steemit.com, so S-T-E-E-M-I-T.com slash at paradise dash paradox so you can follow us on there uh, get updates fo- uh, press upvote and uh, Steemit is a, is a site where you can get paid to curate and vote on content and also to create content so you're for a content creator an artist musician podcaster uh, might be worth checking out for you so uh, also remember you can uh, give us a tip at donate.theparadiseparadox.com suggest a donation one dollar per episode that you like but feel free to give us your whole house on there so thanks and let's get into it essentially what I do and what I focus on and, and ultimately what it is that I that I actually get done and what I was even doing down in Guadalajara where I met you guys. So Go ahead. I think, so I've been really interested in entrepreneurship for like the past 10 years. And when I decided to, because um, I know you guys talk about extensively about college and essentially if you want to go down the college path and then going down the regular path and so on and so forth. And being a Mexican immigrant, because I, I was originally born in Mexico, and traveling over to the U.S., it's like, you know, education is number one. And you got to education is like your ticket to the top. Mm-hmm. Education is what's going to get you that middle uh, middle class salary of $50,000 where you'll be extremely happy. And that's where you want to be. And that makes sense, right? If you come from a place of poverty where where essentially, you know, in Mexico, the, the salaries are ten fifteen thousand $15,000 per year, yeah, which is way like less it. than it would be here in the U.S. So something like 50000 looks like a freaking millionaire, right? And, and looking at it from a different perspective, like that's, that's kind of what I was raised as. Like you need to go to college, you need to get your degree, you need to do this, and then you need to get your house, and then, and then be at 50,000 and you'll be really happy. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's, that's sort of like the, the story that's told here in the States where it's like you just got to do these things and you'll be successful, you'll be happy, you'll be doing what you want. And I found that at a really young age of 16 that this isn't really true. Uh-huh. Okay. How how so? And it, it isn't true because you have to have um, the right personality for that. Hmm. 
Okay. So you need to have the right personality for that type of work. And for me, at a really young age, I, I, I found out that I, I like to tinker with things. I like doing different things. I like looking at, at exploring at different topics and learning about different things, not just being stuck in a certain path or doing some certain thing. And, and at a young age, I, I 16, I actually wanted to purchase a car, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm an immigrant. I'm poor. I don't really, can't really get a job. I don't want to be flipping burgers. Like, what do you do? Like, what is it? Like, how, how, where does money even come from, right? <laughs> And it's like, it's like at that young age, you know, people don't tell you this. And I think it's that relationship with money that people don't really truly understand money. So this is why when you would even ask somebody like, hey, well, so how much do you make a year? They're like, whoa, Rick, that is a personal question. <laughs> you should not be asking me that question. And that's with coworkers and, you know, other people that you meet. You don't typically ask that question because it's usually looked down upon. But I think like... Money is such a big part of, of life and big part of what it is that you do that it's really important topic to understand where money comes from, how money exchanges hands, and how ultimately you can get money. Yeah. So for, from a really young age, that really fascinated me. I'm like, okay, so, so money is this currency that we hold, right? It is this thing that we value, but ultimately it is just paper, right? And it's how are you going to exchange that paper with somebody else and bring that value back? So I started thinking about this at a really young age and... And the first thing that I actually started was uh, I actually was talking to a girl on IM in China. This was back when IM was huge back in the day. I think it was uh, Messenger by uh, Microsoft Messenger or yeah, yeah, Microsoft Live, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was talking to her. Uh, this is me at 16. I was trying to make some money, right, to get a car. And I was talking to her. I'm like, hey, you know, you know, what's going on? Like she, she messaged me because she was a wholesaler in China and she was trying to sell me things. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm a wholesaler. I sell this, so on and so forth. And at that time, she didn't even have a website. All she had was an Excel spreadsheet. Again, this is like 2007, so it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and she sent me this Excel. She's like, okay, so you can place your order. Your order had a minimum has to be $1,500. And then once you place your order, we'll be able to then go ahead and process that for you and send your shipment, and you'll get your shipment. So she sent, me, she sent me this Excel spreadsheet that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and look, look it over and see if there's anything I want to buy from her and then resell it here in the States. Right. So I looked at the spreadsheet and I'm like, okay, I can buy some shoes. I can buy some shirts and then let's see what happens. Let's see if I can double my money. And I went ahead and made my list and I went ahead and sent it over to her. And she's like, okay, it's going to be $1,800. I need to go ahead and, and wire transfer this through uh, Western Union. And in Western Union, once you put the money in and you put in the numbers and you give the number to somebody else, that's it. Your money's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is me at 16. No, actually, I was 15. Um, I was about to turn 16. And I was like, okay, well, how do I get this money and how do I actually send this to them? And that's when I got my first job and actually got my first job at Target cleaning floors. And I, I, I cleaned floors at night from, from 10 to 5 a.m. while I was going to high school. Wow. Okay. This, is, this is how bad I That's wanted, awesome. right? So like, <laughs> like I, was, I was trying to make this happen. And, and I worked on that job for, for a month and I made, um, I made my money, right? I made the, 15, the 1800 that I was supposed to send her to her. I got the money. I went to Western Union and I went ahead and sent it to her. And I got the pin and I went ahead and, and sent her an IM. I'm like, hey, you know what? Here's the, here's the IM. You know, here's my order. Can you go ahead and process this? Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and get this done. I sent her the pin and then she went offline. And you never heard from her again? No, no, no. She went offline and I didn't hear from her for like two weeks. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I was like, 
okay, well, well thanks. And then, then she's like, okay, your order is complete and we have processed it and we're going to go ahead and send it over to you. And it's going to take about a month, month and a half to, to get a ship from, from China. And sure enough, a month and a half, everything came in and I went ahead and sold everything in my high school and I made pretty much like almost triple my money and I was able to get a car. Wow. So that was like my first entry point into entrepreneurship. And I was like, okay, so this isn't like, you don't have to be relying on somebody else to provide for you. If you're willing to actually put in some work and actually learn about economies in general and actually bring value to somebody else, you can actually make your own money. And I think that's like one of the big shifts that, are, that I see happening that a lot of people are trying to figure out where does money come from? How's money made? How's money made? And ultimately how you can get some money, right? Hmm. And that was kind of my first entry point into entrepreneurship. And then from there, I just done different things over and over and over and over. And I've just been moving in the path of where I can bring the most amount of value to someone else. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, great. That's a great story because, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it took, took a lot of courage and, and hard work and, and just hustle, I guess, to, <laughs> to try to figure everything out. Um, but in, in a way, I mean, it's it sounds like, it's kind of kind of a simple business model. It just take just takes to put the work in to do it. Yeah. Right, and and it's like so simple, right? And like like right now, I've been learning a lot about Instagram because I completely missed Instagram. Hmm. <laughs> and Instagram is huge right now for for people that are literally building their brands yep. of clothing on Instagram and selling through Instagram and having this huge influence of people just buying clothes. Because remember, it's still cotton. It's still the same thing. The only thing they're buying is that label. It's that uh, lifestyle. It's that identity hmm. that they're actually purchasing. Yep. Right. That's why somebody's willing to mark up a shirt that's actually cost, you know, four or $5 to manufacture all the way up to $30, $50 just because of that single brand. So yeah, I kind of been learning a little bit about that, but it, it's just fascinating that, that the only the only reason somebody's willing to pay more is because they perceive more, hmm. not because it's actually worth more. Yeah, no, just there's their no perception of measure. more value. Yeah. They're willing to pay more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they uh, in the in the the sales offices that I worked in, they always used to say perception is reality, and they say that over and over again. <laughs> but it's you know, <laughs> it's true how how people see the world uh, changes. So much of the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then it's like how then it's like how can I bend reality to my to my <laughs> will for me to be able to create the reality that I want? Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think that's what's one of the fast like I've been watching some of your guys' videos, like not all of them because they're so long, but <laughs> sure. I usually jump I usually jump through some of them and I'm like trying to understand some of these things. And I think that's one of the cool things that you actually you guys actually do is that you guys talk about this other thing, right? Hmm. You can't really explain it, but there's definitely a different thing that's out there. Like the ether, right? You can shape this into whatever it is that you want. It's if it's either with your thoughts, the way the way you talk, the way that you talk to yourself, whatever it might be. But you you guys don't point it at it like like this is the thing, but it there is definitely something. <laughs> yeah. It's it seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got a I've got a few suspicions about it. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is, but <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, but yeah, that's kinda my my idea there as far as um value and how value is perceived is it's pretty interesting as far as that, but 
yeah, that's kind of that's what kind of led me into 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 what I studied in college and why I decided to study that specific topic. And that ultimately led me to why I went even down to Mexico. Because when I was down in Mexico, I was just traveling all around Mexico, just trying to learn from people. Like, oh, what is it that you actually do, or what do you do here, so on and so forth. But yeah, it's it's fascinating. Mm, mm, brilliant. So sorry, what did you study? You study marketing or? Uh, I studied computer science. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, so so can you tell us about some some things that you learned while you were traveling across Mexico? Yeah, so I actually landed, I didn't really have any plan. Hmm. So I landed in Puerto Vallarta uh, there and I was, I got there and I didn't really have a plan. My plan was to go from there to Guadalajara mm-hmm. and then from Guadalajara just work on stuff that I wanted to always work on because I, I, at that point uh, I already graduated and I knew enough about what I wanted to do, I just needed the time to do it. But I ended up spending like a month and a half just traveling all the way to Mexico. I went to Merida, Cancun, Playa del Carmen, um, down to Belize, down Guatemala, down to, uh, what was the other one? Lower Mexico, Chiapas. Ah, okay. And then back up to Guadalajara. That's where I spent a month and a half and that's where I met you guys down there. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it, it definitely gave me a different perspective that that I've sort of forgot because I, I was born and raised in Mexico. Yeah. But then I've been in the States for so long that you kind of forget things. Mm. You got to kind of remind yourself of that. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we talk a lot on, on the podcast about how this, uh, you know, these huge cultural differences between Australia and, or, or, you know, the U.S. and Mexico. And we don't always... You know, sometimes it seems like we 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 can't really bridge that gap. Um, <laughs> but I guess you have a, a you know a different perspective on it because you can, to some extent, you understand both of those cultures very well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do, and it's and it made me realize how much. Like at this point, I would consider myself more American than Mexican, even though I was born in Mexico mm. and I was there for the first ten years of my life. Mm. Right, because like, just the way the way that that things are shaped here in the states, it's it kind of they kind of grind these things into your mind where it's like, oh, okay, now I have to do this, now I have to do that, and you kind of sort of have to either deprogram yourself or or start thinking about things in a different perspective. And I and I started you know tapping into that at a really you know at sixteen I started thinking about well, okay, what is it that I want to do? How come I want to do that? And why is it that I should be even focusing on that? So it kind of, kind of gets. It, I, I sort of, I'm kind of like on the edge, as far as everybody else. <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay, okay. You you mean like you're removed from the culture, or how do you mean? Yes, I'm not like I assimilate with the culture, but I'm not a hundred percent the culture. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense, right? Because you have to kind of sort of understand the culture if you want to do some sort of um, like, for example, like I have a lot of clients here in the states. And you have to understand where they're coming from in order for them to even deal with you. Mm. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the difference there, I guess. Yeah, cool. So, so what projects are you working on at the moment? What was that? What projects or what, what companies are you building or what, what's the what enterprise? <laughs> so, the, I don't know, there, there's a lot of things that I'm doing right now. But 
The big one was I was trying to understand, like I, when I was down in Guadalajara, I, I went to the campus party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you went to that event. And no, they ran, when they I ran went out there, of tickets. They ran out of tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went to it and it was, um, it was such a mind bending experience for me hmm. because um, like here in the States, like, I, I don't know, I'll probably send you a picture. You can add it here, but here in the States, if you go to a conference, especially a technical conferences, what you're going to see is you're going to see engineers that are male, white, and they're in the ranges between 25 and 45. Mm-hmm. And that's all you will see. Like, that's it. That's all you see. But when I was down in Mexico, like, I saw, like, older women, like, younger kids, women, female, um, all kinds of different mixes and ranges listening to these technical talks. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. So they understand there's some sort of value to technology. They might not understand it completely what it is, but they want to learn more about it. And there's definitely a lot more people that want to get into it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was my entrepreneurial mind. I was like, okay. So there's definitely a gap as far as people who wants to enter here. And there's definitely some sort of gatekeeping happening right now that's not allowing these people to enter i don't know if it's a technical difficulty i'm not sure if it's the math whatever it might be there's definitely a barrier that people can't cross and that's when i got the idea i'm like can i help somebody cross that bridge Mm -hmm. and if i can't what would be the simplest way for me to allow them to do that so now now that comes back that comes back to education and how 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 are you going to get this information to somebody else so on so forth yeah and and I've been working on, on two different things. So I've been working on how I can actually educate someone if they want to enter this profession and then how they can do it effectively without actually learning a bunch of useless stuff. Because there's so many things. Like if you want to get into some sort of software development, there's so many things you want to do. Like like I, I, I'm part of the entrepreneur. I was not no more, but I was part of the entrepreneurship at my university and entrepreneurship club. And there's people that be like, okay, Rick, I want to go ahead and build this app. Here's my idea. I want it to be a dog dating app. Go ahead and build it for me. <laughs> what? So a dog dating? <laughs> what? Dog dating. Right. Dog, this is just uh, an example, right? Okay. Like when, when two people have dogs and they want the dogs to, to uh, meet each other and be, be social. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so you might just say, okay, yeah, that's pretty simple. Go ahead and get it done, Rick. Hmm. And and people don't understand, like, especially the business people, the marketing people, they don't understand the level of complexity that such an idea will take. Yes. So they might be like, okay, Rick, we want you to go ahead and build this, you know, go ahead and do it. And just to just to even make such a statement, it's like Ah, you have no idea. Yeah, you yeah. have no idea what kind of resources it will take. Yeah. It's like building a house. And they just tell you, we don't want a little house. We want a freaking huge skyscraper. And we want you to do it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, because it's like when people look at an app, like so- something like Tinder, they open it up and they just see like three screens. And they're like, okay, I guess that's the app. They don't see everything behind it, all the, all the stuff that makes it really work. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not happening. And, and so the, the kind of work that I'm doing now is, is I want to show people how difficult it is, Hmm. but at the same time, I want to show how easy it is Mm -hmm. because it's difficult and easy at the same time, because 
Uh, software itself is about people. So it's how you manage the people that are going to be building the thing. Mm-hmm. It's how you educate the people that are going to be building the thing. And it's ultimately how you can coordinate all those people to help you build the thing. It's not a one person build the thing. It's a huge group of building the thing. Right? So it, it takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of effort. And it takes a lot of expertise in a lot of different fields in order for you to be able to come up with that specific tool, app, whatever it is that you want to build. So uh, you, ha- you have like a, it's like a training course or how does it work? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So people like people subscribe to to your um, so to your videos yeah, and they watch they, them and and ask questions. Yeah. So I have I have one main product that pretty much takes you from zero all the way up to getting hired. Yeah. But the the thing is is that it takes a lot of commitment on their end in order for them to be able to see some results. Mm-hmm. So that's the first product that I have. The other one that I have is an open source project that is a, uh, a code generator. Pretty much you just tell it what you want to do and it goes ahead and generates a lot of code for you. So okay. it, it is a tool that, that, that it's a tool, like imagine, um, imagine a, a building and there's scaffolding outside the building and the scaffolding helps the workers work on the building. So I created a tool that is a scaffolding tool that lets you scaffold all these things outside the building to let you work on the building. Mm. Okay. So, so it, that, it, that's like the yeah. tool that I have. Okay. So it, build, it builds a kind of framework for the code and, the, and then you can fill in the, you know, color yeah. it in. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh. <laughs> you look a little confused. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how 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 that would work, uh, but you know, I've been thinking. People say that that uh, uh, a lot of computer programmers are going to be replaced by machines in in the next twenty years or so, um, like artificial intelligence writing code for us. You just t- tell it. So, computer, I want you to you know, like your dog dating app example. Make a dog dating app, and the computer's like, okay, and <laughs> goes to work and creates it. But uh, of course, uh, wh- well, what you're doing, <laughs> what you have with that uh, that tool isn't quite that advanced, I imagine. But it gives you it gives you the basics, so you can get started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, I, I think before we get to that point of where where it's like, oh, computer, um, build me this thing, or computer, do this. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's been the dream for AI for a really long time, mm-hmm. and we're not quite exactly there and we have we have things like alexa by amazon where it's like or even you know like uh google the google ai one that you can say like oh google set up this appointment or or siri where it's like siri do this or that yep that is just um what they're actually doing is they're actually what they do is they're called regular expressions and they have a a pattern matching that matches to certain patterns and based on that pattern they can determine what it is that you want mm-hmm. This is why when you ask Siri something, it's like, what? Excuse me. Let me go ahead and look that up for you on the internet. Yeah. So it's like, it's not there yet. Yeah, yeah. There's different things that are happening within machine learning. Like if you go to, if you go to, if you go to Google and you type in three black teenagers, and you type three white teenagers, and then three Hispanic teenagers, you'll be surprised what kind of results you get back. Because the results you're getting back, those are machine learning based 
results. They're not human-based. So a machine is actually deciding what it is that you're typing in. You mean like a, on a, on the image search? Yeah, yeah. Image search on Google. Yeah. Okay, okay. So for any of the listeners that want to actually try that out, go to Google, type that in, and then you'll see the results that actually come up. And the results that are actually coming up are not the ones that are actually created. It's not a program that works where it was like, if this, if this, if this. No, it's actually a machine program that's actually making the decision on itself to decide if this is three black teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And so, yeah, I mean, it probably does things like every time you search it uh, for three black teenagers, it, it uh, takes notice of which ones you choose and then says, okay, well, that's probably, that's more likely to be it or something like that. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so, so yeah, as far as AI and if we're actually there, no, I think we're probably off for like maybe 40, 50 years. <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely going to happen between our lifetime, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exciting times, yeah. Um. Yeah, there, there's a really good talk by Elon Musk where he talks about if if we ourselves are just a simulation within a simulation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so that kind of gives you like an idea as far as what kind of reality we're actually interacting with. Maybe all this thing is just one big simulation running. Yeah. So how do we hack it? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would you want to hack it? It's like, make wouldn't, it better. You want to, wouldn't you want to just, just make another reality? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, a, that's another like make it, yeah. Like jump into, and jump into another reality? Like, I mean, that's kind of like, like, that's kind of the message that I sent you earlier. I'm like, programming gives you this ability to, to think about a different problem in a very like machine way, in a ternary way, in a, in a, in a way that's very procedural. Hmm. And when you think about it, as humans, we have these macros that we run ourselves, like these heuristics that we can quickly just jump to them. Like, for example, um, open the door. Like, you don't really think about how you open the door. You just go, open the door, then it's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have like these, all these procedures in our mind that we just have running all the time, whether it be some thoughts whether it be some idea, some habit, some some whatever it might be, you have all these things already pre-programmed in yourself that you just run automatically without you even thinking about them. Mm-hmm. So I think if you really want to hack yourself, you would start there. What are the programs? And, and actually write them down. Like I'm a big journaling person. Like I journal every day for 20 minutes and write down like the thoughts that are actually running inside your head and, and try to figure out what programs are currently running in your system and why are they even running? <laughs> okay. Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ and TroubleBubble and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Yeah, that's a that's a cool way of looking at at it. I guess it's a kind of meditation because it's it trains you to to be observant about what's happening in your mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the time there's a there's a lot of background noise and you don't really pause to to uh, hear what it's telling you. Um, you know, static or like like uh, just vague discomfort and and. You don't really think about it a lot, but it's it can be there, and it, um, you know, it's good to be aware of it so you can address it. Yeah, and especially like when you start actually 
trying to see what's actually there, you, you'll be surprised and you'll be, why, why am I even thinking this? Who put this there? And then you start thinking, okay, <laughs> why is that even there? And then you can decide at that point, because you bring the focus to it, is that something I actually want to be doing? Hmm. But other than that, like most of the time, you won't really be thinking about it. They're just kind of these things that are running in the background. And, and we actually, it, it, I don't know, I don't know if you've played around with Linux, um, but in Linux, uh, a, a service is called a daemon. Hmm. And a daemon is just running in the background. So, so for example, if I was to minimize Skype, this would be like a, a service that's running in the background. Like right now, you might have a browser open or a different program, and it's just running in the background. And those background... Um, Background programs are called demons in Linux, and that's just a background thing that just runs in the background. Right. So, so like, like it's 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 pretty interesting. <laughs> right. So the question is, what what demons are in your head? <laughs> 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 that's cool. Yeah, and and can you catch them? And can you edit them? And then can you actually open them up and and actually see what's actually running and and modify them and make them work towards helping you instead of against you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, that's cool yeah. I think I think that's one of the, the big takeaways is if um, I don't know have you done any programming before uh, yeah but a long time ago and not to not extremely advanced I mean I did let's see yeah I, I used like basic and then um, yeah I, ne- I never I never really got a hold of uh, C or C++ or anything um, Visual Basic and Quick Basic and Pascal and some others, yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I kind of so know pro- the, pro- some of the principles. Yeah, so programming is a lot like um, a recipe, hmm. right? You want to make a cake, okay? You're gonna need milk, you're gonna need this, you need flour, you need some eggs, you need some whipped cream, you need a you need an oven, you need this to that, right? So programming is a lot like recipes, right? Mm-hmm. And can you actually create a recipe? that's uh, worthy of something, right? That's essentially your algorithm. What is your algorithm going to do? Mm-hmm. And, and programming lets you really think about those steps. And that's all, like, that's like, at its basic core, that is what it's doing you. It's letting you allow you to think about the steps. Mm-hmm. And so many times in life, when you make an error or when you make a mistake or when you screw up somewhere, if you could just think about the steps, that would go a huge way. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I guess um, it's difficult for for people to see where they messed up because they don't they can't analyze it at that level. Um, so I guess pro- programming gives you that insight of that being able to break things down into the tiniest pieces. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. So that that's kind of like the the first level, right? That's that is that is procedural code. This is like something like C yep. or something that's that's very procedural from top to bottom. You just get the hang of that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the next one out on top of that, which either which is either functional programming or object oriented programming. Mm-hmm. And depending on which paradigm you go, you can either learn either or. But I'll just give you the object oriented one. Yeah. Because this is more like the like the creator role. Um, so I, I'm not sure how much you guys talk about creator, the creation of the universe. <laughs> I, I think about but, it <laughs> every now and then. But you know, most people think that there's some sort of greater, you know, some some being of higher power, some something that's actually creating all these things for us, right? Hmm. And and object oriented programming lets you be that creator. Mm-hmm. 
in a programming way. So for example, like let's say you want to create a game. And inside your game, you obviously want, let's just make it a 3D game. You want some sort of doors. You want to be able to open doors, close doors, walk through some sort of place, right? Mm-hmm. So in programming, you get to define what a door is. You get to define how the door, does it slide open like this? Does it slide out like that? And can you enter it? Can you exit? What if you get close? Is there proximity sensors? Like all these ideas, you start thinking about them. And it gives you that power of being a creator. Mm. Well, uh, So that's like the next level. Well, with the, the procedural generation as well, I think about that, like recently this game came out called uh, One Man's, no, no Man's Sky, I think it's called. And um, the entire universe is is procedurally generated. Um, so there's like these quadrillions of, of worlds uh, which haven't been discovered and they're not exactly created yet. Um, uh, but it makes me wonder like if, if we can make a universe that size within a game today, like in five, ten years, what the fuck is going to, you know, what kind of universe are people going to be creating within these games? Um, and, you know, they, using things like procedural generation, the universes that we create can be even bigger than our universe, at least theoretically, um, which is, you know, it's bizarre to, to think about. How, like, it, do, it sounds like it doesn't make sense, but, <laughs> um, but you know, it does. Yeah, that kind of, that, that's a little bit more... Um... I can actually give you examples that that people can relate a lot to yep. with procedural generation. Um, the the way we count numbers. So think about numbers, right? We have one, two, three, four, five, and off we go to infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a number, and you want to go one by one. So you can increment one number. So you have one plus one is two, and then two plus one is three. And you, this sounds very basic. You know, we learned this like, I don't know, first grade or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but then, then you go a little bit more abstract and you say N plus one mm. infinitely many times. Yeah. And then off you go off to infinity. Yeah. Okay. And this ability to count a number and going off again and again and again into infinitely many numbers, that is, that is, that is procedurally generating numbers. Mm. <laughs> Like that is a really so small example that I can give people because people like uh, like in school they don't really teach you like the, the the math they teach you it's not I don't I don't think it's like it's 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 the right math but it's they don't present it in a way that actually makes sense right or that it hasn't made in sense a, for me like I had to learn a, a lot of these math concepts context. outside yeah. of, of of the math curriculum right mm. and it's it's this ability to to look at numbers as these things that can actually generate themselves. Mm. So that's like the really simple one. There's actually a really another not a really good example of that of of recursiveness where there's actually I can send you the picture for this too. There's two hands and there's one hand drawing another hand, mm-hmm. and then you have this infinite thing yep. of drawing hands M- each other. MC MC Asha. Yep. So so it, in programming we have that. It, it is called well, recursion. Mm-hmm. So you can recursively do something, and that recursion power is actually really really. Um, it's a really strong concept and idea. There's something a lot of people struggle with. And it is just that ability that you can call yourself to do the same thing on yourself. Hmm. 
you, you can go ahead and recursively do that. This is why there's there's a big, uh, a lot of people have a lot of um, issues with AI where they think that once we get to a critical point, it will recursively recurse on itself and it will just advance hundreds of years faster than it has been before because it's doing it recursively itself. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a really, itself, that's a really... Prove itself, yeah, yeah. Yep. And that, that actually holds ground. That isn't like... Fiction that actually holds its ground, like I was telling you. <laughs> so yeah, it's exciting think. and scary. <laughs> well, one one thing I've been thinking about lately as well. Uh, have you watched this uh, this new TV series Westworld? No, no. Okay, I, I guess you're too busy. For <laughs> uh, but it, it's about um, this theme park. And in in the theme park, it's like the, themed in the in the old west. So there's cowboys and and horses and everything. Um, but all of the characters within the park are robots. Um, and so people come in and they 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 you know they have sex or they they fuck they kill um, these robots, um, interacting with them. Um, and then after the after the robots die or after the, the the cycle ends they get their memories wiped um but some of the robots start to realize what's going on um and so uh things things start to get a little weird um and so i've been thinking about this because uh like when the, when the matrix came out everybody started to think you know what is it really like what does it mean to be in a simulation and the people who or the robots who control the, the simulation are seen as the bad guys, but in this uh, in, in this series we see it from the opposite side, um, where the people who are controlling it are the bad guys, and they're you know manipulating the robots. And I think this it brings up this uh, this interesting moral question because uh, you know we're we're going to be creating these simulations, and they're going to be perhaps intelligent beings within the simulations and we have to start asking these weird questions like is it moral to kill a you know to turn off a computer or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 an interesting question it's it, you can already kind of see that with with the the current identities that we hold online hmm. like what if somebody was to say you know what kurt I don't like your identity. <laughs> I don't like the way you present yourself online. <laughs> and it's to a point that I don't like it so much that I'm going to write a program that's going to wipe you out. Right, right. Like, like these are um, realities right now, right? Obviously, yeah. there's other... Like, if I was actually to 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 want to even try to do such a thing, it would be close to impossible for me right now because the internet itself is a distributed system. Mm -hmm. There isn't like one global thing that says, Whoa, this is the internet. No, the internet lives globally. Yeah, yeah, that makes it harder, but I, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't make it impossible because, you know, you could hack my email and, and then that gives you access to a lot of things and then you go, you go from there. <laughs> so, yeah. Could could be done, you know. I could somebody could ah. post uh, the N bomb on Twitter under my account and then try to, you know, destroy destroy my reputation or something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, and, and it's definitely possible. And it's like, okay, does Kurt? If Kurt dies online, is that did somebody actually die? Like, mm. 
Like, what if I, well, let's just say hypothetically, I went to your account and I went on Facebook and I put that you deceased. And then on Twitter, I went ahead and stopped tweeting, changed your password. On your, on your YouTube account, we went ahead and just, you know, did like a little memorial video. And then suddenly you are dead. Mm, mm. To, to, to the outside world, it looks like you are dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> so but that yeah. kind of comes back to the idea. That, that kind of comes back to the idea. Can you unplug Right? Can you unplug a computer and consider um, death on someone? Like, mm. can, if I was to actually unplug you from the internet, would that consider me a criminal at that point? <laughs> like, like it, it's already kind of because because the you know the more and more that we're we're you know presenting ourselves online, the more and more we're actually communicating online, the more and more we're actually building these identities. Mm. Right? And it's like this is one of the reasons why I kind of. I'm not a big Facebook user because Facebook controls everything about their thing, right? Yeah. They control the algorithm. They control who sees it. They control all these things. And there actually have been where where Facebook actually has released code, okay? They have released code that actually wants to provoke some sort of emotion on you mm-hmm. based on the feed they show you. Yes. Okay. If that doesn't freak you out, like... <laughs> like well, this is why I'm not a big Facebook user because yeah. they they have a lot of power, right? That they can actually do, and Facebook has gone to a point where it becomes so addicting. Yeah, it's like they to, they to study the people. behavior of dogs or something, or that's it's what they used to do with like Evercraft and World of Warcraft. They would uh, Ever Evercraft EverQuest and World of Warcraft. They studied the behavior of dogs to determine what what. Uh, level or what ratio of reaction uh sorry of reward to penalty is going to be the most addictive to keep you playing and i guess facebook is probably working on that kind of thing as well uh, oh of course yeah yeah little, uh, yeah pretty scary <laughs> yeah and i guess you know um when i read about that um with them manipulating the feed to to provoke emotional reactions i thought um well that you know that that kind of stuff wouldn't work on me but uh i think that's that's uh taking a lot for for granted um i'm sure a lot of people thought the same but they didn't you know notice the subtle changes in their mood (laughs) it's it's kind of funny that you bring that up um Mm. so many people like to think that they're unique and special Mm. Oh, I am a unique special snowflake. snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That would never work on me. And, and recently, I actually have been struggling with this because uh, I'm not a really extroverted guy. Hmm. Like, I'm not out there, like, you know, like, you know, social friends going out, you know, the extroverted type of person, right? I'm a lot more introverted. I'm, I'm more um, living inside my head type of deal. Hmm. And that has kind of sucked in a way because when you actually want to work with the amazing people that you want to work with, you actually got to get yourself out of that. Yeah. Right. If you want to close a contract, if you want to meet a pretty girl, if you want to do something amazing, you can't stay in your head. You got to go talk to people. You got to communicate with them. Right. Yeah. And, and that is that is such a hard thing to do that. That a lot of people just like for me, that was a really big step that I had to do in order for me to actually grow to that next point. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. 
So yeah, that, that's a, that's a tough thing. And and when this kind of comes back to to advertisement headlines, uh, posts that you see on Facebook stories. And I know you guys are big on on media, and I know that uh, Aaron, right? Mm. And I saw one of Aaron's um, video podcasts here where he was talking about being really serious in the media scene, right? Like actually considering this as an actual reporter of the media. Mm-hmm. And when, when you start thinking about this is, is you want your content, you want your ideas, you want what you're presenting to be other, to persuade other people to do certain things. Yeah. To make yes. people believe certain things, right? Yes. And then in order for you to be able to do that, you need to understand how, just humans work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. that's that's when I came to the realization that you're not unique, you're not special. We're pretty much all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess the more the more people you meet, the, the easier it is to realize that. Like the, there's a little, I, I forget who wrote this quote. Maybe it was from Alan Watts or something. But he says about how um, traveling the world is like the, the antidote to prejudice. So the more people from around the world you meet, the less you're going to be able to say, you know, those fucking Africans or whatever, because you you know them, um, and you you know that they're they're not just caricatures; they're real people, um, and they're pretty much like you. <laughs> yeah, we, we we differ so little. We differ so little. Like, yeah, especially especially like. It's you would you would like to think that you're unique. You would like to think that the the thoughts you have, you like to think that this or that is is unique to you. And I see this a lot with people's ideas. Mm-hmm. My idea is gold. Nobody has ever thought of this. <laughs> Dog dating? What are you talking about? Nobody has come up with this. And it's like, no, your idea is worthless. <laughs> you're not unique. Somebody has come up with this before. It's it's essentially you know. So the dog are, are dating really? thing never got off the ground, I'm assuming. No. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a terrible idea, uh, but I, I've never been a dog owner, so I don't, I don't know about their motivations. Um, <laughs> there, there's been a lot of ideas that, I, that I've worked on, and, and ultimately the ones that have been successful have been with people that have uh, the money behind them mm-hmm. and the experience. Hmm. Experience as, have, as in social experience or entrepreneurial experience or, or both? Entrepreneurial experience. Yeah. So they, they've been around the block. Mm-hmm. They've done this multiple times. Yep. And and I've worked with a lot of people that haven't been around the block. They haven't done this before. So they have to learn all these things. Mm. And it's just a learning experience. And that's what I saw like when I worked on, on, on different entrepreneurial things at school – I saw that, you know, they would have an idea of whatever it might be and we would work on it. And at the beginning, we were clueless. And at the end, we learned a whole lot. And the faster you can learn, the faster you can move. Hmm. Right. That's for beginners. Right. But the, the projects that I've worked on, the ones that have been the most successful have been the ones that people know what we want. We know when we want to build by and they have the requirements up front already. Hmm. Not all of them, but a majority of them. Like, for example, I built a a ticketing system for a national park. Mm-hmm. They can buy your tickets online. That's pretty straightforward. They know what they wanted. They had a budget. Pretty successful. Thousands of people use it. Okay. So, sounds. Uh, you make it sound easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's it's kind of it kind of brings that point where 
um, inexperience is a good thing. Like for, for me, example, like uh-huh. I'm still relatively young. I'm still very inexperienced in a lot of things. And that is a good thing depending on how you look at it. Hmm. Because you're, if you're inexperienced, you don't know limitations. Like, I don't, I can build a tool that can generate code. Who says this can't be done? Like, I don't know if, it, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, you could think of crazy things. And, and if you're willing to actually work on it, like, there isn't necessarily someone saying that you can't do it besides yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so th- there's this really uh, famous programmer. Um, his name is uh, John Carmack. And he, he was, uh, at, by 23, he became a millionaire when he created the game Doom. Mm. I don't know if you know the game Doom. Yeah, I know it well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the first game he was he was the one that created the the engine for the game, and he became a millionaire by twenty three when he released that game. But nobody really knows his backstory where he was actually programming when he was fourteen. Wow. So that is almost that is nine years nine years of experience. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Of just working day and night. I'm not. I'm not talking about like oh, I only do this two hours a day. This is somebody that is obsessed, that's working on this thing for like 10, 12 hours. And now, um, John Carmack, he is, he's still alive and he's working on the, on the Facebook VR, which is the VR thing they put on for Facebook, the Oculus. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, yeah, well, that, that so game this, was, uh, that great game was groundbreaking when it came out. Like we could, we couldn't believe the, the graphics. It was so, so different. Um, so advanced and people actually still play it. They still love it. It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea. But but this kind of comes back to the thing that I was trying to say. Um, John Carmack, he says this. The, the, the biggest limitations you have are the ones that you self-impose on yourself. Mm-hmm. Just, just think about, like, think about how much, like, like. Who's holding you back? It's yourself. <laughs> no one else. Like it's not the government. It's not school. It's not your teachers. It's not your parents. It's not the money. It's not the relationship. It's not the perfect wife. It's not like all these excuses that we come up with in our mind. It's yourself. Yeah, it's a, that's that's what it seems to be. Uh, that's how it is in my experience, at least. I mean, for for the most part. Uh, but I remember there was this. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember the expression, but it's it was it was something like, it's not a mountain that that stops you uh, traveling across the country. It's it's normally a pebble, and once you learn how to walk across those pebbles, you can cross mountains. Um, it's just the, these these small little things, and and you know it's your mentality. Because um, you you trip on this pebble and you think, ah oh, no, everything's gone to shit, uh, and you turn <laughs> back and you go you go home. But <laughs> but the reality is, it's just this little thing, um, <laughs> and you're making it out to be something huge. Yeah, and I think that that's a big thing. That if anybody, first of all, you have to be open to even accepting that as a reality. Because if you're not even open to even accepting that, like, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see this all the time, like, especially, like, with, with family around me, people that I know or whatever it might be. They're like, oh, got to get my job. 
gotta go do this. <laughs> I gotta go do that. And it's like, it's like this is life. It's meant to be lived. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just like once you realize that, it's like you do step out of the 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 matrix. You, you, it's kind of you're outside now, and it's kind of like you took the red pill at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I'm sure you have. If you can even understand this, <laughs> I've, uh, I think I've taken quite a few. <laughs> some, some metaphorical. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, so do you want to tell us? Um, let's see. What's what's uh, what's something you want to promote, or it's, is it some project, uh, your brand that you want to get out there? So our listeners can check it out if they're interested in what you have to say. So yeah, if if anyone wants to, I mean, we can sit here and talk about this stuff all day long. But if anyone wants to, um, if anyone has tried, okay, I want to say tried. I don't want to say if nobody has ever learned. I want to say try. And I want to make it very specific on try. If anyone has tried to learn to code and has failed, Okay, I want you to go to codewithintent.com. That is a blog that I that I run, and read a couple blog posts, and just look around. It's all free. Great. Go ahead and just look around and see if any of my writing inspires you back into into learning to code again. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Because the like. Besides writing, okay? Besides writing, I don't know anything else how uh, creative, expressive, and how powerful something can be as programming. Hmm. Okay, yeah. That's there's, a- there's, very, there's very little few things in, in life that I can say about that. Be- I mean, besides writing. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it because I, I think uh, a lot of people don't see computer programming as artistic, but it, it it is an art form, and and there is uh, there's elegance there, and and poetry, I guess. <laughs> and, and you know, you like you're saying, you you create worlds with these things. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the tools. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is and anything else you want to say? Or shall, shall we finish it up? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have any questions for me. Is specifically if you're interested in as far as something that has piqued your interest besides AI because my AI knowledge is only up to machine learning so uh-huh. I'm not like an AI expert but I've, I've, I've learned a little bit about machine learning and, and, and how that's actually being used so, so there's a lot of places that's actually being used but I, I, won't, I won't get into that <laughs> that's cool well, we, we could talk about that another time because it sounds like it's a, yeah. a wide uh, broad topic that's cool it is <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Remember, Rick's website is codewithintent.com, codewithintent.com. So have a look at that. Check it out. Enjoy it. Uh, remember, you can follow us and upvote us on Steemit, steemit.com slash at paradise dash paradox. The link's in the show notes. Uh, you can also head over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Uh, we are supported mainly by your your tips your donations so we do appreciate when you give us a a little breaks up a a little piece 
uh, for us to enjoy and and uh, continue on and and also just to send us the, the beautiful message that what we're doing is important and interesting and funny and entertaining. So we appreciate it every time you give even just a, a few dollars there. Uh, thanks very much. Have a great day. Uh, and see you soon.